I didn't want to ask for help. I've always been told to toughen up and Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I, I still see that. And, you know, this person is actually getting some extra support from us. Um, we went above and beyond and is reaching out to the county and the county's helping us with some things. Yeah. You're listening to the Grow Clinton podcast. Grow Clinton is a 501c6 nonprofit economic community development and tourism organization based in Clinton, Iowa. For more information, visit growclinton.com. Again, that's growclinton.com. Now back to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Grow Clinton podcast. As always, I am your host, Andy Sokolovich, president and CEO of Grow Clinton. And we're joined by our own Jenny Holm. What's happening, Jenny? Not too much, but I'm just trying to stay upright during this weather. I know. This is the, if you're listening to this, we're recording on the 23rd of January, 2024, but this is the first podcast that we're doing with a Facebook Live component. Yeah. So Jenny's very concerned about uh, her posture right <laughs> now. Posture. She wants to make sure she looks good <laughs> no. on Facebook Live. <laughs> so Jenny, I want to thank you so much for scheduling this interview today. Absolutely. Uh, we have with us Todd Nowak. Todd is from Life Connections Peer Recovery Services, and he does some amazing work that I feel everybody should know about, because this is one of the things where, Todd, you, you do this great things for the community. You do great things for the people that require your services, but sometimes you often go unnoticed. So I want to make sure that you take this opportunity, leverage this podcast to share your awesome message. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you. So Todd, tell us a little bit about Life Connections, Peer Recovery Services. What does it mean? What does you do? What is it that you do? What is your mission? And how can we as a community help? Sure. So we grow to uh, have peer-to-peer creation and connection. Uh, we do that by encouraging and advancing hope respect, dignity, trust. And then our vision is to really move forward in the community of sending this message that mental health and addictions, any life altering challenge is, is not something to be shamed about and that stigma needs to go away. Let's talk a little bit about that stigma. I mean, you know, I left the military after uh, several little over a decade of service Mm -hmm. Uh, I have some deployments under my belt. When I came out of the military, there was a stigma, for especially from an employment standpoint. When you hire somebody who's been deployed, who has seen combat, uh, I know there's several times where employers were like, uh, kind of iffy about, is this person the right person for the job? But you work beyond just PTSD. You work with individuals who have experienced alcohol abuse, drug abuse, homelessness. Mm -hmm. Explain a little bit about the services that you do offer and how individuals can help make sure that you still, you remain in business. Yeah. So we uh, actually opened up the very first uh, peer run respite home in Iowa in 2018. Just to give you an example, 2022, we served 77 people because we had a three bedroom house. And then the last six months we had a five bedroom house. So we kind of we're hard to uh, really see how many people we could serve. But last year was a great year because we served 153 people. That's 153 people on what would have happened to them. Where would they be if we hadn't been there? Because we do go beyond, right? And I think some of that stigma that we talk about is hurry up and rush. And you get somebody in a doctor's office, therapy office, and, you know, Envision a medicine bottle and there's a cap on it. Unfortunately, that's the way that we 
in the medical and clinical side see things a lot of times is that we only have this certain amount of time, we cap it, and then we close it, and it's done. And the services that we do, we know that people need time. People need a lot of time. People need more time than others. And so we don't really focus on that. We focus on what the underlying issue is. Um, I like to call the respite house itself your bed and breakfast for your emotional distress or life-interrupting challenge because we don't focus on diagnosis either. Now, yeah, a lot of people that come dealing with mental health issues, they're dealing with addictions, sometimes they're dealing with all both, they're dealing with spiritual, they're dealing with physical and really supporting that person where they are and what they need in that present moment. The other thing that we do that really was not even supposed to happen is another great thing, and that's the After Hours Wellness Recovery Center. And this past year, we were able to move to Clinton. Uh, we've been asked and really bothered about coming to Clinton because Clinton really has some struggles when it comes to uh, recovery and substances, and uh, some of the mental health too, but the addictions is uh, really heavy here. And so the After Hours Wellness Recovery Center is open uh, in the evening from 4 to 10 during the week and noon to 6 on Saturday and Sunday. Them are prime times when, you know, providers are closing the doors at 4.30 or 5 o'clock. Well, I'm sorry to say, but that's actually when things start because things are closed, nothing out there. So we do support groups, individual support. We have a computer room. We have meditation room, arts and crafts but really building connection. And that's what it is. I like to think about one individual uh, that we have that comes to the recovery center, used to live in DeWitt, now lives in Iowa City, uses her Medicaid, her MCO uh, for transportation and comes to the recovery center every day, all the way from Iowa City. And if that is going to help that person move forward in their recovery, that's very minimal dollars you know, to operate the recovery center and then the MCO transporting them where in time at being in an inpatient being in ER sometimes isn't the best move for us. Okay. So, I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Jenny. Okay, so we're talking about stigma and the generation I grew up in and the generation before that, you kind of just were told to be tough and keep going. Mm -hmm. And it was the mindset that there was a huge stigma when you reached out for help. So what is your demographic there? Do you see all ages come yeah. to you? Yeah. So really it's between 18 and above, but uh, for the most part, I would say we're talking more a mid-age person. Uh, the high numbers are probably women because they okay. do come uh, but when guys come and just for instance, we had recently a gentleman come um, that does live in the surrounding area. And uh, I just happened to give them a call because he came on my mind and he had used the respite house twice before. And when I called, he said, I was actually thinking about calling you guys because I'm thinking about relapsing. Oh. And I said, so is it because your environment, is it your friends, is it your neighborhood, your family? He said, every single thing you mentioned plus some. Oh. So there is that stigma. And I think we see more women because, you know, me, I've had my struggles and I didn't want to ask for help. I've always been told to toughen up. And mm -hmm. yeah, so, I mean, I, I still see that. And, you know, this person is actually getting some extra support from us. Um, we went above and beyond and is reaching out to the county and the county's helping us with some things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So tell, I always like stories. So you alluded to the fact that the gentleman just kind of popped in your mind. You knew you needed to reach out to him. You did so, and he was able to take advantage of your service. But explain to us, for those that don't understand how a peer recovery service or a respite house works, if you're an individual and you're struggling with anything, right? Maybe you have your own home and you're living comfortably and you're earning a living, but you need a place to go to kind of escape. Give me a story. Give me kind of a, a tale of what that looks like and how we can share your message moving forward. Yeah. So if uh, that individual or anybody else comes, uh, the one key factor that we have is all the people that work for me are people in recovery themselves. Mm. They're in recovery and recovery means they might have bumps in their life later on, uh, but they know how to manage them bumps in the life. So they're trained by state uh, trainers in this as peer recovery specialist, and then they get continuing education. And when the guests come in, uh, we have a support dog there, Yoda, really Yoda. nice. <laughs> oh man, he's beautiful. Uh, but they learn different things. They learn rap. And I don't mean RAP, you know, not Snoop Dogg. Yeah. I'm talking about wellness recovery action plan. I'm talking about looking at the five keys to recovery, talking about what does your daily maintenance plan look like? Well, I don't have one. Well, maybe looking at setting one up, looking at what your wellness tools are. Oh, I'm smoking. You know, wellness tools are actually something simple, safe, free, and non-invasive. Um, maybe listening to music, maybe turn on Facebook Live and listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and then thinking about some of them triggers and what's an action plan for them triggers. And we go real in depth in this action plan, uh, but we go in depth as much as they want to right? We are not in the driver's seat. They are. They just need to tell us what it is they want. We do give some suggestions because if you've ever tried to navigate the mental health or substance abuse system, it's like being a pirate going on a treasure hunt. Yeah. It's really hard to find. And you don't even know sometimes what it is you're looking for until you're introduced to it. So that's one thing we do as well. We introduce different resources to people. We help them with other life skills that they could use. Um, maybe uh, a light machine right now, a light machine I have because it's been gloomy. I can't wait for spring, right? Oh, you're referring to one of those that puts out some natural. Yeah. Happy light. Happy yeah. Lights, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So them kind of things. And then really um, when they're struggling and we know it, uh, not really sharing too much, but getting the conversation started so that we can listen to them. That's a big thing that we've had too, is on our feedback has been said, I've never had anybody take the time to listen to me. Wow. So many people are telling people what they need to do and what they have to do, but they're spending less time asking what they want their life to look like mm -hmm. and how to help them build it there. Yeah. Oh, it's unfortunate that, you know, I think as a society, again, it, there's strong stigmas attached to mental health. Now, can you explain to me, and this is just my ignorance, but the difference between mental health and brain health, are we just moving towards the terminology of brain health because it is an organ? Yeah, we are moving towards brain health. Um, and, and that's really nice because I seen the governor mention that in her state address. Um, she also used two other words that I love that Maybe that came from our, the visit that she had with the respite house recently, and that's recovery and support. Mm -hmm. You know, you always used to see these words like treatment, case plan, things like that. 
you know, but moving towards recovery support and that brain health. And we are trying to move to brain health. It's hard for me to really go from that mental health to the brain health too. I just like to say, you know what we do? We support humans because no matter what, it's a human life and each one is different. How many respite houses do you have? So we have one in DeWitt now. We purchased that last year through the help of the region and um, because of the state. Uh, Amerigroup has actually partnered with us some expansion to move the recovery center down here, some technology. And this year, um, they are giving us $150,000 and that money they want us to use to open the second respite nice. out by the Des Moines area because we serve people all around the state. So if you're hearing this all the way in Council Bluffs and you need support and your son or your brother, all you need to do is call. We'll help you figure out how to get here because the managed care organizations, the Medicaid is able to bring people and they bring them in a taxi and then they pick them up. Um, but traveling for five hours can put anxiety on going somewhere new that you're already going to have right. anxiety. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's the amazing work that you do, Todd. How can we as community members help ensure that you succeed in the future? You know, I, I think really it's, it's spreading the word. Um, if nothing else, just telling your neighbors about it, your employers about it, your employees about it, your church about it, because it, it really tends uh, to be word of mouth right? Um, another way is right now we are in desperate need. So buying this old house, um, we realize now that we need to replace the windows and the doors. So we have a big campaign going on. Uh, we're going to get it going even bigger, but we need to replace them doors and windows. So if people would go to our website, lifeconnectionsrecovery.org, then they would see right away uh, doors and windows fundraiser. And uh, that money, when you donate it, um, is tax deductible. It goes straight into a separate account, uh, that first central and DeWitt, and you could even stop in first central and DeWitt and make that donation. But we really need to raise that money to get these windows and doors replaced. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you for yep. that or for help, how do they do that? Yeah. So they can call the office 563-659-6625, or they can email me, Todd, T-O-D-D, at lifeconnectionsrecovery.org, which if you go to our website, my email's on there. Um, and I don't, I don't care. I, it's already been public for 15 years. Um, my cell number, oh my five, gosh, five, six, three, seven, two, six, three, two, four, four. Um, I'll be able to walk them through and tell them what, and here's the thing too. I want anybody listening on here to understand more, to maybe call us up and come out and take a tour of the respite house. Mm-hmm. See it because once you see it, your heart will be dropping or even the recovery center and the recovery center is right there in Lincoln way, right in that strip mall where Aaron's rent to own is. You do amazing work, my friend. And what I love about you is you're passionate. This isn't just a Monday through Friday job for you. Uh, this is 24 seven, 365. And we can just tell by the tone of your voice. And every time I hear you speak, you got up and spoke so eloquently and professionally to our legislators uh, Saturday morning at our legislative coffee, sharing your passion with them and trying to move the needle towards a more comfortable environment that's sustainable for individuals that need your services. Yeah. Thank you. All right, everybody. That is the Grow Clinton podcast. This has been so fun. Yes. I'm glad we got to do a little Facebook live action. And uh, until next time, everybody, see ya.
Thank you for listening to the Grow Clinton Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on all your socials. Until next time, see ya.